Lils and Patrick are two local musicians from the New England area whose minimal accomplishments have left them thoroughly unqualified to judge bands and artists who have been more successful than they ever could be. And yet, their passion for bad music persists on Jukebox Zeros, the podcast that takes a retrospective look at the worst albums of all time. From the Shags to Attila, from Cyberpunk to Scream, if there's a band that has an album they're ashamed of, Lils and Patrick will be there. Share their love on Jukebox Zeros, now on the Zero Science Network and wherever podcasts may be found. Oh man, I can't wait to watch Psych. It's the vampire episode and Corey Feldman's in it. Wait, where's Corey Feldman? He's gone. Nope. What? No, that doesn't make sense. This is the vampire episode. I guess we watched Psych. This episode sucks. Guess it has Corey Feldman in it. Kind of. It's in the basket. The writer's bagel basket. Tommy, tell out of a building. Yes, it was very exciting. Tomorrow we go to the zoo. I love you. That's all I needed to hear. I'm so excited. I'm so <laughs> We don't have to be mean. Because remember, no matter where you go, there you are. Hi, welcome to Writer's Bagel Basket. My birthday month continues for episodes longer than a month's worth of stuff. We doubled up for a couple of weeks. Um, I am joined once again by... No, no one wants to introduce themselves. <laughs> you I'm assholes. Martin, riggedy, shiggedy, let's get diggity. I'm, I'm, still, I'm still figuring out the catchphrase thing. <laughs> I'm David Allen Prescott. So we watched... So Psych is one of my favorite episodes, TV shows. I just love it. It it's a great series for like I love classic police procedurals and I love like gimmicky um TV shows that are like crime ca- capers mm-hmm. like Magnum PI and as you know David Quantum Leap. Yes. I love Murder she wrote. Mm-hmm. Oh, um, yeah. Psych to me is like the early 2000s mid 2000s equivalent of a murder she wrote or like like that this episode is from 2011 it's called this episode sucks it's the vampire episode which i believe came out at either i think it was around thanksgiving it didn't even come out at halloween i thought it was valentine's day but now that i remember it it came out like after halloween at on Thanksgiving, like around then. So that doesn't make any sense. So you two have never seen Psych before. Nope. No. I mean, color me interested. This was very funny. Yeah. yeah. So the basic premise is Sean Spencer is uh, a psychic detective for the Santa Barbara Police Department who is aided by his assistant, Gus. And the fact is he is not a psychic. He is actually just a really good to detective whose dad trained him because his dad was like a world-class police officer who was played by Corbin Burnson, who we saw mm-hmm. <laughs> briefly in this episode. Right. Um, <coughs> sorry. Um, 
but he has to pretend to be a psychic because he can't become a cop because he was arrested when he was little by his dad. Hmm. Um, because to impress a girl, he stole a car, and his dad had him arrested. And if you're if you get arrested, you can't become a cop. Mm-hmm. So in this episode, we it's more le- focused on uh, one of the cops in the precinct, Lassiter, who is played by Timothy Omenson, who, David, you're like, who? how do I know that guy? Yeah. And it's Timothy Omenson who was in Luck of the Irish, if you remember your Disney Channel movies correctly. Mm-hmm. He was the bad guy, the bad leprechaun in Luck of the Irish. <laughs> He played a Michael Flatley type of... Yeah. Yeah. I thought he was Matthew Perry when he first came on screen. Could he be any more of a cop? Oh, Shannon Blairbong. Could he? Um, so, yeah, I like this episode because it it has a sweet love story. Finally, something nice happens to Lassiter because his wife left him at the beginning of the series. And uh, she's played by Justine Bateman and she treats him like crap. Yeah. And he finally finds the love of his life, played by Kirsty Swanson. Or oh. Christy Swanson? Kirsty? Christy? I don't know. Kirsten Dunst? Kirsten Dunst? <laughs> Kirsty Alley? Kirk Kirsty? Swanson Frozen Dinners? Um, <laughs> so, yeah, they tried to like milk this for all of the vampire-ness of it. You have the original Buffy the Vampire Slayer, mm-hmm. played by Kirsty Christy Swanson. And then you have... Yeah, this is... I feel like you have an ulterior motive for specifically asking me to do this one. For you, you son of a bitch. (laughs) (laughs) You made me listen to the Corey Feldman album. Who is the five-second guest cameo on this? I will gladly serve the two of you. However, the human is not going to get a drink from me. You've broken the cardinal law by allowing a daywalker to enter our realm. Okay, that's it. Detective O'Hara, SBPD. Let's try this again. Whoa, hey, okay, slow it down there, Cagney. <laughs> Just a uh, regular guy here, okay, trying to make a dollar. That's it. Play up this whole character thing to get some extra money out of these freaks. Charlton. Our old good friend, Corey Feldman. <laughs> hey, can I stay on your couch tonight? I was tending bar at a place and they just turned the cameras on. <laughs> I always go to a vampire bar. I'm the head bartender. Or they're familiar. (laughs) That's just where I happened to be that night. They said, hey, you're filming a TV show? Cool. Um, I opened up the door and they said, oh, no, it's Corey Feldman. That's their little joke. (laughs) Oh, man, this continues our little feud with Corey Feldman. It's a one-sided feud. Um, So, yeah, he plays a bartender at this vampire bar, and... We totally thought that, well, when I first saw this um, back in 2011, uh, <laughs> I was going through some shit. Um, <laughs> I, I, I was really sad I was going through. Yeah, you know, some, sometimes you're in your life and then you just start watching Corey Feldman things. Yeah. I was going through a hard time in 2011 and um, this episode cheered me up and like I always remembered it. So this always, this episode always has like, it will get higher bagels than it deserves because it, it has a special place in my heart. But they're like, and Corey Feldman as the special guest star. He's in it for like, <laughs> what, two minutes? Oh, yeah. Yeah. N- not very long at all. <laughs> and but I enriched your life, didn't I, Scott? No. And he's like, oh, I look can't at- make a difference. The fortune teller was wrong. <laughs> He's like, look at my crazy vampire hair. Wait, I'll yeah, take this wig off. That's that's and now the thing. look at my other crazy yeah, vampire. That's that's hair. the thing. 
He was wearing like a very silly Tommy Kurt... Wiseau type yeah, of wig. Tommy yeah. Wiseau. I was about to say Lestat, but that's kind of what like That's what James Roday who plays yeah. Sean. Yeah. But either way, it was like big flowy vampire curls. Mm. And then he takes it off and he just has like spiky hair with the weirdest oh, looking yeah. cowlick you've ever seen. Yeah, he has just, an antenna. You just know that that was like a deal breaker for him during. I like, can't cut it off because this goes to my home planet, and if I, it's my transmitter <laughs> antenna. the The joke behind the thing is you're supposed to look less weird when you take the wig off. Right. The lark stays. Yeah, yeah. On this, I will not budge. <laughs> I this is the pre- only thing I have left of Corey Haim. <laughs> It's all I have of Corey. Corey braided this for me. I'm a Corey of principles. In fact, principles is my middle name. Corey Principles Feldman. I thought your middle name was Delilah. What? (laughs) Uh, um, Yeah, so I didn't like the fact that I can't believe I'm saying I wanted more Corey Feldman. But <laughs> well, I mean, you were telling us during the thing that in advertising, they played it up it so up. much. Yeah. yeah. And he's in it for a scene. Yeah. I thought that he was going to turn out to be... And he's actually not terrible. <laughs> no. He was totally passable. Yeah. He, he kind of looked like he did in the Goonies when he was mouthed. Like his hair, with the exception of the the tendril. I don't know any vampires, but I, I do have a cool exception of his treasure hair tentacle. For you. His hair tentacle. Yeah. <laughs> and like, I thought they were gonna have him be the brother of, um, what's her name of uh Christy Swanson yeah. of of Marlo Vicelio. of the suspected vampire Vicelio. Yeah. So as all of this is going on. Lassie is being courted by Marlo, played by Buffy, the vampire slayer, the original Buffy. Mm-hmm. And um their love story is kind of sweet. It is. Because they're two types of they're like two different types of lonely people. She had to take care of her sick brother, who, spoiler alert, turns out to be the red herring uh not the red herring. Uh we meet him at the beginning. He owns a haberdashery or runs <laughs> a haberdashery. And I, I guess you could say that that big reveal was a psych out. Oh, it, it was a psych out, Scott. <laughs> There's the door. Oh, number four. You, you, did, you didn't need to do this in front of the guests, Scott. <laughs> I can't believe that we didn't. I, it was just a, it was a fun. It was no, a pun. No, People no, love puns. No. Everybody loves. It was a nice joke you can tell your dad, Scott. No, no, I don't <laughs> care. Get you're, out you're, of my you're house. hectoring me. No, every you're time, hectoring. Every time <laughs> no, I come over here and you start hectoring me. And I can't believe that you didn't do this on the last episode. Dave staring at us. Dave staring at us. Dave said, and we're back. We do that every time he's on. Mom and Dad. We do that every time, but we didn't do it last time. So now we're gonna have to do it twice. <laughs> um, no, uh, the guy who they got to play her brother was like the poor man's like Chad Michael Murray yeah. or the poor man's like Sebastian Stan. Like, yes, I don't know who the actor was, but he looked like someone who would have been like the protagonist in some '90s film about yes. some crazy slacker who doesn't want to get a job but still has a really nice loft apartment in like Fresno, yes. something like that. Meet Doinklin. <laughs> He's a DJ on the side and a bartender also on the side. He looks like a guy who plays a character named Doinklin. <laughs> He's a real cool dude with no problems except work <laughs> and finding love. National Lampoon's Doinklin's Vacation. (laughs) (laughs) 
Uh, <laughs> Doinklin. Uh, Lip soundtrack by Sponge. <laughs> and Spoon. <laughs> we tried to get Swede, but uh, they said no. <laughs> um, Yeah, that guy, they, they could have done without his character. They they could have made his character and Corey Feldman's character like the same person. Right. And he could have like led them on a wild goose chase. Now that's just that's that's just imp- impossible for me to believe. I can't believe for one second that Corey Feldman would have two sources of income. <laughs> both a bartender and a thrift store owner. I also run a store. <laughs> Come to my haberdashery. I can't believe I said that word. It's so confusing. You guys still like thrift shops, right? Like the like the Macklemore guy saying, where's everybody going? We're going downtown, right? This is the song about, you know, the Vespas. <laughs> I'm going to pop some cash and I'm going to give it to Corey Feldman. <laughs> eh? 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 Corey, please leave. You're not getting food services today either. Give us back the voucher. What about a couch? No. May I stay on the couch? No, you may not. You can sleep on this doormat. Good enough. Thank you and good night. <laughs> um, yeah. That's like a couch for your feet. The, the guy who plays her brother looks like he should be in like a Nickelback cover band. <laughs> Hi, we're called... Maybe, uh, maybe he is. <laughs> we're called Quarter again. <laughs> He's got that weird... Ear length, dirty blonde hair. Hi, where this is how you remind me a Nickelback <laughs> <laughs> cover band. <laughs> but yeah, so um, when the show actually opens up, the theme song is the catchiest theme song, and it tells like the entire premise of the show. I miss when TV shows used to do that. Like used to have theme songs. Well, they used to have specifically theme songs that explain the premise of the show. Yeah, like Cheers. Every you want to go where everybody knows your name. The Crofts Um, really took it to great levels by making them like two minutes long. (laughs) Yeah, so the song is uh, "I Know You Know," and it's um, it's basically the song was written by the guy who who created the show, Steve Frank. Um, And this episode was directed by James Roday, who plays Sean Spencer. Yeah. I think this was the first episode he directed. Um, And I think for a, like when they do like different themes of different like genres, they usually capture the the genre pretty well. Um, When they did the vampire, uh, the werewolf episode, two years before this happened, they actually got David Nodding, who played uh, the werewolf in An American Werewolf in London. Mm-hmm. Um, and they actually captured the John Land... Oh, wait, John Landau directed that episode. Uh, John Landis directed that episode. <laughs> they captured John Landis because they got John Landis to do it. Um, but yeah, they always captured the genre. So this did feel like a bad late 80s, early 90s vampire movie, even when it opened with... Smashing Pumpkins. <laughs> a little on the nose. That's also why I picked you for this one, because I know how you feel about Billy Corgan. I don't have anything against Billy Corgan. I just wish he wasn't such an asshole. Hey, can you get the fuck out of my house? Hey, why do you sound like me? I don't know, Corey Feldman. I don't know, Billy Corgan. <laughs> Billy Corgan and Corey Feldman get into a fight. Hey, I was in the Smashing Pumpkins. I'm I'm gonna tell like a quick Corey Feldman story because like it's been told, but it's already been told on Jukebox Zeros and on uh, P- 
Patrick's other podcast, Old Men Yell at Cloud. I don't think it's been told on here yet. Um, like, at one point, our friend uh, Christopher Brown was mentioning, like, a documentary sort of thing about, like, a day in the life of Billy Corgan. And, like, they cut to Billy Corgan getting up in the morning, and he's literally wearing, like, a Ebenezer Scrooge-style nightgown as he gets out of bed. <laughs> Did he look just... like Geppetto? <laughs> I don't... Did he have a candle? <laughs> and he was immediately handed, like, a plate full of, like, carrots and stuff. And he just, like, takes them one by one and just eats them and just says into the camera, yum, tasty. <laughs> what? <laughs> Wait, did he have a nightcap, That's too? That's my that, goal. I hope, he, I hope to goodness he had a nightcap. Someday when I get rich I, that's what i want then you can just <laughs> stare blankly at a camera while eating crudite yeah, a nice ebenezer scrooge <laughs> nightgown well, and some crudite first thing in the morning I, w- I was joking with um matt sinclair who has been on the podcast before uh we were watching the oscars one year and they had tom hanks present the award and he didn't even go for best picture they didn't e- he didn't even go through the nominees he just like went out there and he acted like he had to go to bed <laughs> and he's like, and the winner is the hurt locker. <laughs> and he, he's like, come on, get on stage. So uh-huh. I kept joking that that's he, the show. Good night, everybody. And he, he, just wa- he just walks like two yards to a bed. That's also on the stage. Yeah. He should have came out and it goes to sleep. He should have came out in the Geppetto pajamas with the, the nightshirt and the, the nightcap with a candle. And like old man Hanks has to get to bed. <laughs> just brandishing a candle at people. Get out of here. This is late for me. <laughs> come on. Come let, on! Let an old man sleep. It's me, Tom Hanks. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> um. So yeah, uh, Billy Corgan and Corey Feldman in one episode. Um. It must be my birthday. <laughs> uh. So yeah, with with the whole um psych aspect. When they say, uh, we'll psych you out in the end, that's a little too on the nose for the music. <laughs> um, but what did you think of the actual character of like Gus and, and Sean, like these two bumbling detectives who are pretty good at what they do? Well, not Gus, Gus is kind of an idiot, but I mean, I honestly kind of have mixed feelings about them because obviously, like, it's an entertaining show and they're very funny, but I've never been a fan of like the archetype of like the bumbling man-childy kind of character that's working in a professional environment for God knows what reason. Yeah, well, why do they let him? That's the only, that there, was my there were only multiple problem. T- there were multiple times when I was just sort of thinking, fire him. Why are they okay he with him being is, there? He is, a, he is acting like a pedant. If he found any evidence at all, the, the defense would immediately have it withdrawn because they'd be like, uh, I'm sorry, this random dude found this. <laughs> they Well, he's a certified uh, private investigator. Oh, is he? Okay. I mean, and, that well, explains him, but not Gus. And then his weird friend, and then they're dressed in weird clothes. It's one of the, you have to suspend <laughs> your disbelief and be like, okay, all right, this is silly. Well, I, we'll I love it. when they dress like Blackula and uh, Lestat. Um, yes. Or Count Chocula. Well, as you know, I love black exploitation movies. Yes. And uh, I've talked about it. Um, Dwight and I talked about how. Or have we? I don't know if that episode has aired yet, and I, I'm dating myself. In the future. In the future, or it's been in the in past. The year I don't care. Two thousand. But I've gone through my favorite black exploitation films, and <laughs> Blackula is in my top five. I love Blackula because the way how it ends, 
it just ends with the sun coming up and he just goes, ah! <laughs> <laughs> That's a good ending. I quick, uh, quick sidebar, since you mentioned like uh, when they're dressed as vampires, I also want to, you know... Just give just give Hollywood their due for still not knowing how the hell nightlife works for any subculture underground subcultures whatsoever. Right. Speaking as someone who is also a goth industrial DJ on the side, mm-hmm. there are like no places like that that exist. And yet are the every more th- single procedural most, most goth bars take place in uh, a bar. Or a nightclub, mm-hmm. not this weird old like, factory, velvety th- yeah. curtain. Not this velvety curtain, like Lost Boys looking right. kind of place. And, and if they every... are there, well, that's because if they are there. Everyone is like you know self aware enough to know like, oh, this is part of the thing. Right. I guess that's I will because have a the PBR. bar is in Twin Peaks. <laughs> <laughs> this is a Twin Peaksy bar. <laughs> they oh have... wait, you want to someone speak... say Twin Peaks? This is my <laughs> manager, David Lynch. I never agreed to this. Oh, hi, David. Good to see you again. Hi, David. Is, is Corey Feldman telling you he's his manager, too? You're not? <clears throat> I have said this multiple times. I keep telling you, you can't say on our couches. Please leave, Corey Feldman. You're emitting a horrible odor. Really? Oh, dang, I am. <laughs> when did that happen? And now us Davids have to say our oh highs to disappear again. Oh, oh hi! <laughs> <laughs> You guys are nuts. I haven't even done Al Pacino yet. Uh, <laughs> That's not what I hear. <laughs> My God. Scott, you have a great ass. <laughs> Ooh, uh, happy birthday. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that on the title. So do I need to leave now? Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> But yeah, this is the sort of like obligatory every single procedural cop show has that episode where there's like and it's almost always a vampire thing that oh, there's like a I, vampire yeah, thing, just, like bones has I one just flash back to like that infamous episode of like Quincy where they inter where they like intercept the punk bar yeah and it's the most ridiculously like we're not following your rules old man right. you're part of this it's, well it's, then i'm it's gonna liter- play some johnny mathis <laughs> it's, and they're always it's like literal- what the hell are you it's doing literally here? the lonely island video about throwing it on the ground they're just <laughs> like you can't trust the system man ground when you dj clubs is it please tell me it's exactly like the scene in the matrix <laughs> That Keanu be... Reeves is there too. <laughs> yes, that's exactly what happens. Everyone's dancing and having a good time, and Keanu Reeves is just sort of middling throughout the crowd, <laughs> trying to trying to find his lost contact lens. <laughs> yeah. No, he he would be the guy standing on the uh, leaning against the side. That or the blood rave <laughs> scene from Blade. Tracy Lords, what are you doing here? Corey Feldman said there were snacks. <laughs> I love how we're still talking about the bar scene. <laughs> I mean, that's like the best part in the whole episode as far as I'm it's concerned. Well, okay, so I noticed that some of the vampires were like dressed as like uh what's her name from Underworld, Kate Beckinsale. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. then I did I didn't understand the white vampire. There was a woman who was like all in like a white corset and like white leather. Yeah, the, that that tracks. The little like the little like uh, masky ones, yeah, yeah, breathing some sort of something or other through their little, yeah, yeah, yeah. That all tracks, yeah. A lot more than like the friggin' Lestat and Blackula outfits did, <laughs> yeah, yeah, and especially more than Corey Feldman. 
Oh, poor Corey. Um, so when <laughs> I I never realized that that what's his name that Lassiter is going with his vampire hunch because he knows that uh, his girlfriend's responsible somehow. Mm-hmm. Like like I realized that later in the episode when I first saw it, but when they're at the actual crime scene at the beginning and he finds the pendant that's Marlowe's. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't realize that he was going with his hunch with uh, Sean's hunch to throw them off. Right. I thought he was actually like, I want, I don't know where this girl is. Uh, I'll say anything to just move along right. and find out where my bitty's at. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's really sad how desperate he is. It is. That's it. That's it. <laughs> I mean, it asked and asked and answered. Yeah. Um. Also, I find him so charming. He wasn't in, so they did. Now that the show was canceled, USA realized it was like their number one commodity. So they've been doing like Columbo style movies, like they do psych movies now. Oh, okay. And he wasn't in the first one because he was supposed to be. Oh, that's not true. He has like a small cameo. But they had to have him sitting in a chair and not moving because it was like a few days after he had a massive stroke. Oh, oh no! But so now, it was was it like Tim Curry in the TV Rocky Horror level cringeworthy? Okay, so I'm doing a visual on an audio podcast. <laughs> so he was sitting back like this. They had him in a chair. He was just looking at the screen. He's uh, like, "What's up, partner?" Oh, oh, that's. <laughs> That's it was depressing. almost to the Tim Curry. Yeah, the Rocky Horror. they had okay. him sitting comfortably in a chair and not moving. Oh, like he was Burt Reynolds in Playgirl. Oh my! Hey, did they give any excuse for it in the show? No, th- he's like, uh, I'm going to come up and help you, and they're like, No, 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 you sit there and stay there. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, you're you're watch you're watching Gilligan. You just <laughs> you have a seat. Um, spoilers for the entire series. He ends up marrying uh Christy Swanson's character. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, they they bring her back. Aww. Um, they have her help out in in episodes. Like she, that's because nice she's that in she gets work. Yeah, and because she's in prison. Do they, they have bring her? Do they bring back the brother? No. <laughs> do they bring back Corey Feldman? No. Oh well, there you go. Why doesn't anyone want to come to my birthday party? <laughs> I have a bounce castle and everything. <laughs> I have pinned the hairstyle on the Corey. <laughs> you don't know if it's me or Haim. Oh, I miss Corey Haim <laughs> so much. Well, time to go to the cemetery. Oh, Dig him up. Oh my god. I should write I should write a song about this. Please don't. <laughs> Too late, Corey's. I got those juices flowing. I got those juices flowing. Yeah, we haven't told you, but his album is two CDs long and it's two hours. Oh my lord. One it's... disc of like Ooh. techno-y dance music mixed with Funkadelic. <laughs> yes. And rockadelic. Angel that they're literally called Angelic to the Core, Funkadelic, and Rockadelic. Well, there you go. It is bad, man. So it good. is bad. So in case you didn't like one flavor of feces. <laughs> You're presented with a second flavor of feces. <laughs> it's like two different types of barium. <laughs> oh, lordy. And they both taste like chuck. <laughs> so, yeah. But I'm still upset that I didn't get enough Corey Feldman in this episode. Oh. I feel like for the amount of Corey that I got on the CDs, I wanted them to put some of that in this episode. Well, if people watch this episode and then listen to this podcast, they will get their fill of Corey. <laughs> 
<laughs> the Corey connection. They'll get all the Corey they need. It's I'm not like sure the... if they will. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so um, I also wish they had Sean and Gus wearing different types of vampire outfits, like not just throughout the whole thing. Yeah, like like <laughs> that, that would be very funny. Like, like over and over again, trying like to Gus figure out I won't the right dressed as Blade. Thing. Gus dressed as Blade, and uh, Sean dressed as um, uh, I don't know, no, I don't know, Count Orlock. I was gonna go with uh, Jason Patrick from uh, Lost Boys, or that would Kiefer be, that Sutherland. That would be thematically uh, appropriate. Uh, that that would actually be like a funny little just sort of cute in joke if he came if he wore that in the bar yeah. and like Corey Feldman just went like do I know you? <laughs> well, you remember the song that's playing in the bar when they find him when they see Corey Feldman. I wasn't paying close attention to that. Was was it something from Lost Boys though? Cry, little oh, sister. Oh boy, that of course it's that one. <laughs> that's always the one. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but I love this type of episode in the theme um yeah the whole idea of an episode that seems like there's something supernatural going on and there is not yeah and it's a show that's like otherwise not supernatural and so you're like please don't let this be a stupid unexplainable supernatural thing and then it turns out to not be like uh, i'm a big fan of father brown have you ever watched father brown no i've heard of it i haven't seen it it's ron weasley's dad oh um, as like a a priest who solves murders in like 1930s England, and it, it's super cute. What's the function of a rubber duck? <laughs> That's I don't know what the response is. That that was his line in in Harry Potter. Yeah, and he doesn't say anything. What, oh, he doesn't say anything. Daniel okay. Radcliffe just I mean, like, uh, I knew it was his line, but I was like, did you did you just line me up to answer? Because I don't know. <laughs> Building up on the whole sort of like, oh, it wasn't a supernatural thing all mm-hmm. along. If this was like a network show on like ABC or something like that, there would have been a thing at the end where like, right. they're like, and it wasn't vampires all along. And then Corey Feldman would turn to the camera and like his eyes would be red. Yes. And yeah, they would do, I was and waiting for Vin, that moment. And you'd, they hear, would Vince, do and you'd hear Vincent Price. Price in the background laughing. <laughs> Well, like when this when the sister was like, "Yes, I stole the blood, but I swear I didn't kill that guy." I thought that was that moment of, "Oh, we figured everything out, but who sucked this guy's blood?" I thought you were about to say, "Who sucked this guy's dick?" Oh, because that. And <laughs> but then who sucked, her, this, but guy who sucked off? this guy's dick? Oh no, <laughs> <laughs> that's the real question. And Corey Feldman's like, is would, that not what you I paid me to do? I would love it so much if this I'll episode... do it! I thought that's what you I, paid me for. I would love it so much if that episode all of a sudden just took <laughs> this massive, like, 90-degree turn away from that. Yes. Thing now that no one was on. questioning on. <laughs> well, and at the end, the brother was like, I didn't oh, mean to kill him. And he's, like, using this, like, intricate little thing to get the blood out of the guy. And it's like, so where did the vampire bite marks come from? So I thought they were going to do another weird thing with that. I mean, well, that clearly does, that he does, couldn't find the vein. That does oh, kind of, that yeah, that does kind of make more sense out of, like, why there were multiple, like, right. bite marks. Because if it was, like, a legit vampire, you got to figure, like, yo, get it in one. Right. Get it in I, one I mean, go. unless there were two of them. I wish they, they made it super dark. Him. I wish they made it super dark. And he's like, I didn't mean, I didn't kill him. He wasn't dead when I left. And he takes out like a power drill. (laughs) (laughs) That also like sort of opens up an incredibly like creepy picture of like the first couple of times he tried to do it and whiffed it. Yeah. Well, the first one was the small Asian man. They just find like the first victim and it's just covered in puncture wounds 
everywhere, everywhere. <laughs> before the guy finally read it, before the guy finally cracked a fucking biology book and learned, oh, there's where the main arteries That's are. Where I should go. Oh my God. They drained him of so much blood. Uh, he was a heroin addict. <laughs> <laughs> well, the best part about the fact that the first victim was Asian is that the first thing they say is they're like, he's so pale, paler than normal. Oh, I like, didn't even what? think of that. Uh, uh, That's uh, terrible. I didn't hear them say that. Oh, they did. They had like a whole weird conversation about how pale he is, and that's how they figured out that he didn't have any blood in him. <laughs> And I'm uh, like, maybe just go with like a white guy for that part. <laughs> maybe don't don't focus on the skin color with your person of color victim. Well, problematic. <laughs> Another ongoing character that they have is the the mortician mm-hmm. Woody. Yes, and I love him. And what do I know him from? Like everything. He's in everything. Yes. Um, he gets called Necro Butcher at one point, which kind of threw me because Necro Butcher is also the basis for the band Mayhem. Oh. That's a deep I don't cut. think they realized that when they did that. Well, he also <laughs> calls Sean Ryan Philippe. So. <laughs> Who, to the best of my knowledge, was not in Mayhem. He was not. Apparently, he has he has great comic timing. He's doing like all of this comedy stuff now. He was in uh, Magruder, wasn't he? Magruber? Yeah, he's also in uh, the Jeff Ross's Historical Roast on Netflix. Oh, my God. Oh, and nice. I just watched that yesterday, he, and I love it. He plays uh, Julius Caesar in the Cleopatra one. Oh, okay. I haven't seen that one yet. Yeah. Um... <laughs> Which one did you watch? I saw Abraham Lincoln. Okay. And Freddie Mercury. Did you see the Anne Frank one? And Anne Frank. That one was was so dark. But wonderful. But wonderful. I have not heard of this show, but it sounds and if like it's, if it's 90% what I think it is, of the it people on stage funny. were Jewish. Yeah, so, so, that was so what they made get it comedians. Okay. They get comedians. Yeah, that this sounds like exactly what I thought it was. They yeah. get comedians to be historical figures. To, so they got they just, Rachel Feinstein to be Anne Frank. They got uh, John Lovitz to be FDR. Oh they boy. got Don Rickles' <laughs> daughter to be Don Rickles. <laughs> and then they got Gilbert Gottfried to Here be Hitler. <laughs> Oh boy! It was, great. It oh, was so boy. good, and he was wearing like tiny little shorts and Ugh. long socks. And... That's ridiculous. Oh, it was great. Oh, and Fred Willard plays God. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Okay, I can get behind that for sure. Anyways, back to the show. Back to the thing we were watching and talking about. Um. Yeah. So. <laughs> oh, he's one of the bad guys in Wayne's World. That's what I specifically remember him from. Yes. Yeah, he's like the assistant to mm. Rob Lowe. I love you, man. I know. <laughs> no, I love you, man. I know. I just, know. just say thank you. <laughs> <laughs> and I learned that uh, heterosexual love between two men is possible in this industry. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Movie. I, I, I do really too. Do. I love Rob Lowe's line. He's like, a great personality, a great body, and a great smile can get you all the way, almost to the top. They can't get you everything. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. Uh, we haven't even finished summarizing the episode yet. No, we did. Oh, okay. There's a fake a vampire. There's uh, a fake vampire and that... it turns out to be some guy, some lady's brother. Played yeah. by 90s cool Rick. Yeah. <laughs> uh, right, right, wrong, Fred. <laughs> uh, wrong said Fred <laughs> instead of right said Fred. Um, yeah, but Kurt Fuller plays Woody the Mortician. And every episode, he just gets weirder and weirder. And they do, I think this is the season where they do the hangover, where they wake up, all of them, except for Julia, wake mm-hmm. up hungover and need to figure out what happened the night before. Oh, that's cool. And like, like uh, Woody had, took them to like a sex show. 
<laughs> like he you find out how super dark and sexual he is <laughs> it gets weird um but yeah so i love how in that scene they're like could it be a vampire don't answer that i wasn't going to yes <laughs> yes definitely <laughs> uh, it goes without saying and i i love how the only sane person is her and his actual dad yeah um and everyone's like yeah it's a vampire yeah why are you vampire of it's a vampire I will say my favorite joke is when she's like, I live here with two, uh, three roommates, Eddie, um, Adrian, and uh, Lucian. Where's Lucian? <laughs> <laughs> my Personally, my favorite joke in the episode was when they were trying to distract that doctor so Sean could look at like all the old negative, old negative blood types. And uh, they're just like, say that you slipped a disc or peed yourself or something. And Gus just gets up and just, my friend peed himself. No. (laughs) I slipped a disc. (laughs) They always do that. He always thinks of the worst possible thing to happen to Gus. Also, this gave us a great name for a bagel place. Lock, stock, and two toasted bagels. Yes. Brilliant. It it would have been better if it was locks, stock, and two. That's what it was. It's a lock, L-O-C. The thing said locks. Oh, did it? Yeah. Yeah, I thought it said that too. Okay. Unless the subtitles are like just reading it wrong. Locks talking to Toasted Bagel. (laughs) Now I need to open up that bagel place. You can get a bagel and also handle the stock market. And a signed picture of Vinnie Jones. (laughs) And the barista will be Corey Feldman. (laughs) Hey, how's it going, guys? You need a bagel? I got an Americano here for um, Ghibli. I'm not even sure what I wrote myself. <laughs> My name is Carl. It says Ghibli on here. <laughs> hey, do you guys want a schmear? My <laughs> handwriting is atrocious. <laughs> I like telling little off-color bagel jokes. We got the ma schmear and the pap schmear. Corey, you're fired. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> is it because I told that dirty joke? No, you've also been sleeping in the in the in the freezer. Fine, then I'm keeping Ghibli's Americano for myself. <laughs> no, you're not. All right. <laughs> uh, and no, you can't sleep on our couch. I wasn't going to ask that, but I'm very sad. <laughs> I love how Corey is slowly starting to turn into Adam Sandler. <laughs> With every Corey... It's slowly going here. Snoobly doobly. <laughs> How about you? <laughs> uh, yeah. I, yeah, I, I just wish there was more Corey Feldman to talk about. In uh, Kirstie Swanson, she was, she's one of those people who, um, I'm glad she got work in this, but I believe she's a big She's whore. tough to work with? <laughs> no, oh. she's not. <laughs> I believe she's a big uh, truther. Oh, if that's unfortunate. Yeah, has she done and much else after this, um, or has she just been like you know disavowed? TV movies, I think. Lots of Lifetime and Hallmark <laughs> Channel. Yeah, mm, Lifetime, yes. Hallmark, I don't know. Oh, What's no, this Hallmark. IMDb credit here? I'm reading uh, a very Alex Jones Christmas special. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> That's not good. Uh, I I just remember her from the movie The Chase with Charlie Sheen. Where I don't think I've seen a movie starring Charlie Sheen. You've never seen... Not even a movie starring Charlie Sheen? 
so the movie is not, he, not that that likes not that that's like you know a big cultural so. like sticking point like you just that gender you've never seen a movie with charlie sheet in it you haven't lived he basically uh, plays a uh, criminal who um breaks his parole because he accidentally kidnaps christy swanson who turns out to be an heiress and they end up falling in love is this just a documentary about Charlie Sheen? <laughs> <laughs> well, there's a gratuitous sex scene. So the whole movie is them driving a car, and it's a police chase. Mm-hmm. And why am I not doing this on the bagel basket? And <laughs> while they're driving the car, they're having sex. While they're driving? Yeah. Oh, my goodness. How would that Please even work? Please tell me it's a Tesla, <laughs> and it's driving itself. How it's does... a rocket car. <laughs> driving, a rocket car. Driving while, driving while having sex. That's just about the least safe sex you can have. Also, it's with Charlie Sheen, so. so well, there you go. Yeah. That's a whole it's other level of. It's even less safe. Now you're doing a whole tight wire rack right there. Hey, do you want me to call my friend uh, Magic Johnson to come over? <laughs> Sex with Charlie Sheen. Oof, we got some. We got some real Valhalla Vikings over here today. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's 1994, Charlie Sheen. So. I my statement still stands. Yeah, it's called Russian Roulette. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, uh, yeah, she's she's fine in this episode. I actually thought, you know, for a guest star, they gave her quite a lot to do mm-hmm. yeah kind of and a lot more than Corey feldman <laughs> that's well, for sure but well, it was the, good because she was like a themed guest star yeah the yeah. fact that they had all of these vampire right. celebrities was yeah. kind of brilliant well i'm kind of i'm kind of sad that they didn't have anyone else like david bowie just shows up yeah where was bella lugosi <laughs> Dead. <laughs> I, I, know, I know. Where was I'm Martin Landau kidding. as Bella Lugosi? <laughs> I know. Also dead. Oh my god, that was brilliant. Well, he wasn't dead yet, right? No, this At was this 2011. Point? Yeah, Martin Landau. Yeah. Where so was Nicolas Cage with fake vampire fangs running down the street? Yeah. I would have just loved for them to go to like an office building. Where was like, Aaliyah? <laughs> she was dead. <laughs> I'm just gonna keep bringing up the dead people. <laughs> Try again. <laughs> That's an Aaliyah song. Oh, <laughs> um, oh references. Yeah, I would have loved for Nicolas Cage to have a random cameo. <laughs> like, they go into an office building and he's yelling at his secretary, you need to put it in alphabetical order. A, B, C, D, E. all you had to do. A, F, G, H, I, J, K, L, M, N, O, P. Anyone. W, X, Y, Z. Oh, Willem Dafoe from Shut Up. Brad Pitt. They couldn't get Oh, that's right. Tom Cruise. Kirsten Dunst. Have oh. her instead of Kirstie Swanson. Kirsten Dunst. She's great, huh? Yeah, I loved her in Fargo. Wesley Snipes. The television show one? Yes, season two. I haven't watched Wesley it. Wesley Snipes, of course. Uh, he was in prison at the oh. time for tax evasion. <laughs> oh, <Okay>. tax evasion. <laughs> but Okay. But apparently on what, what we do in the shadows on the TV show, there's the Council of Vampires, and they have all actors who have played vampires. Oh, oh that's great. Um, And Wesley Snipes plays a uh day walker oh that's so good and oh. and he's skyped in <laughs> oh my god that's so good yeah. i still need to see that and it's show led by Tilda it's Swinton. Funny. i love the oh movie. I, I love that so yeah um as the episode goes on i just don't get uh first off how do they let sean have a crossbow 
Yeah, he's walking around the station with a crossbow. At one point. That, what if, that's, if there's a lot yeah. of stuff you have to just suspend well, part, your disbelief. Part of the reason why he gets away with so much is at this point in the series, he's solved over 150 crimes. Right. And so, like, I mean, yeah. No, but... no. So the chief of police is played by Kristen Nelson, who is Ricky Nelson's what, widow. Um, oh, wow. She hires... She's always on my mind. <laughs> she... She hires uh, Corbin Burnson, Sean's dad, to be like a liaison deputy chief. Oh, okay. So he basically is the one who decides whether or not Sean gets a case. Because mm-hmm. she thinks he doesn't have any. Oh, she's she's skeptical. But he's a really good detective. Is, okay. is there anyone else in the show that knows that Sean doesn't actually have psychic powers besides his Gus? Dad, his dad and Gus are the only two people in the show. Okay. Later, Juliet finds out. Okay. And then the series ends yeah. with um, <clears throat> Lassiter about to find out. And he he already knew. He like kind of instinctively knew. And he shuts off the tape before. Because he, he, so he doesn't find out. I mean. So like, we can hire him. And even so even if you're employee of the month, to just bring a crossbow in and not even get like a stern finger wagging. R- right. You're it supposed to put that back wooden, in evidence. It was a wooden crossbow. We have a locker for these things. Uh, <laughs> How dare you? I, I also, wait, 2011, I think, wait, was Corey? No, Corey Heim was dead by this time. No, Corey Feldman is not dead, Scott. Corey because Heim. Because he was in it. All right. I think Corey Heim was dead at this time. Um, yeah, th- there were plenty of vampire actors that could have been in this. <laughs> Eddie Murphy from A Vampire in Brooklyn. <laughs> I have not seen that film. It is. They bad. could have got um, 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 Peter Cushing. They could have got him. Yeah, he was dead by this oh, time. Corey, uh, Max Corey Shrek. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> when I looked up Corey Heim, people, uh, people, you might search for in addition to Corey Heim, Corey Feldman. <laughs> Look at that hat. Oh, that hat. Oh, they should have had Jonathan Lipnicki. Yeah. The littlest vampire. <laughs> it's Corey, Corey Feldman, Jason Patrick, what, River Phoenix. What? He's never been in a movie with him. It's because he also died. Keeper Sutherland, Jamie Gertz. Problematic. Charlie just, Sheen is the last person on that <laughs> list. Yes. You just know the moment Corey Feldman just takes off his hat. It's just like. <laughs> so, yeah. You find out in this episode that they're targeting people with O negative blood. Mm-hmm. And uh oh, Glassiter has O negative blood, so uh-oh. they need to What a coincidence that will never be brought up ever again. <laughs> and I love that um when her brother chloroforms him, you find out that he's been basically creating a tolerance to iocane powder pretty much. <laughs> the same sort yeah. of thing, I don't know yeah. if that's actually a thing you can do or not. Right. So uh, you, so you what just do you basically become a chloroform addict. <laughs> <laughs> Are you sure you're not just addicted, Lassie? I don't know. Oh yeah. Definitely. <laughs> Night train. Toot toot woo. <laughs> so yeah, um when they actually catch the brother, this is this is the part that gets me. This is the part that always cheers me up. Um, they solve the crime. It's the brother. They arrest him. He finally gets the medical attention he needs because he's in prison forever. Right. But uh, he goes to visit Marlo in prison. And the little note he writes is so sweet. 
because he tests her with um her love of i guess they both love clint eastwood yeah, yeah that's a point that's brought up in like the first yeah, he loves all things heavily republican <laughs> <laughs> he, he loves charlton heston and chuck norris chuck norris uh, after you're out of prison i'll take you to the ted nugent concert <laughs> ted's gonna let us big game hunt with him <laughs> Goodbye, baby dear. I'm going to need to borrow your crossbow, Sean. Uh, So, yeah, the episode ends with this beautiful silhouette of them in like a perfect yin and yang. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, And then fireworks. I don't understand the fireworks. The fireworks were very weird. Fireworks (laughs) next to the moon. (laughs) Like in space, fireworks. Space fireworks. (laughs) Yeah. Which is, coincidentally, Donald Trump's 2020 platform. Space fireworks. (laughs) Um, so yeah, as we wrap this up, that was Corey Feldman's lone directorial contribution. <laughs> Space I think there should be a it part be with great. there should be a part with fireworks. Everyone loves those; they're all bright and sparkly. Here, here's an ice cream cone. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I'll go now. This is a sugar cone. I like waffle cones. Well, we have wafer, and that's about it. Okay. So as we as we wrap this up. What takeaways, like, what didn't work in this? Um, I mean, it's like I mentioned at the beginning, like, and this is just something that's intrinsic to the series, I'm sure. So, like, there's really nothing that can be done about it. But like I said, I am not a fan of that whole archetype of just, you know, delightfully incompetent man children who are just in positions of power sort of thing. It's not, I, I did not really like that all that much. And Gus, stop, what, don't, don't sniff the chloroform. That That's so good. stupid. Well, the product placement in her house. <laughs> the oh, product yeah. placement, of course. Th- there were, there were like five pizza boxes and bags from yeah. California Pizza Kitchen, KFC, Ragu. There was a bag from Trader Joe's I saw. Yeah. Uh, it, it was ridiculous because... The Kool-Aid I'm, man burst through the wall. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm sure if they got a good enough shot of it, they would have really honed in on whatever logo was on their fridge or something like that. Yeah. It's the it's Avoid the Noid. Um, so, <laughs> it's the Noid. Yes, it's a Domino's fridge. Me. <laughs> Adam West. So on a, West, on a scale West. of 1 to 13 in our bagel basket... How many bagels are last left? One is shit. Thirteen is great. I think I'm going to leave nine bagels for all the reasons that we wow, mentioned. Wow, I didn't know you were going to go that high. I mean, like all the reasons that I kind of mentioned are all just sort of personal gripes and all that sort of stuff. I didn't like. I thought it was really good, and it really seems like this is one of the better episodes of the series. You'd know better than I would. This is actually one of the weaker episodes. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh. So the show's really good. I mean, I liked it. They do a really really... good Friday the 13th one. I mean, it's my first time seeing it, and literally my only exposure was from Binging with Babish when they did, like, the one clip they showed when they made the the potato puffs. (laughs) Yeah. Hashtag hashtag writer's bagel, Babish. It's never going to happen. He's never coming on here. (laughs) Unless you write in an email, Lils. For being with yes, Babish. because I'm the thing that's missing from this equation. No, his but new, once he his gets new my... web series, Being with Babish, friends of people write in on why this person should be showcased. So, ah, okay. Yeah. How many bagels for you? I'm going to say eight. Um, 
I want to see more Psych after watching yeah. this. I like I like that it's one of those series that is just sort of genuinely charming and just sort of fun to watch. Um, it's not like an intense kind. It's like a I just want to watch some easy to watch TV, you know. Um, and I I do like you like all of those police procedurals. Yeah. But, yeah, it is one of those suspend your disbelief of them letting this guy <laughs> run around wreaking havoc kind of thing. Um, but yeah, on this episode, I would say eight, but I would say that I definitely see enjoying the series as a whole. I'm going with 10 because as I said before, this episode got me through a hard time. Um, I didn't like how Corey Feldman called her a Cagney. <laughs> like, <laughs> hey, Officer Cagney. Woo. Um that's a time. That's still a timely reference, right? No, go home. I wrote that line myself. When comes the part where I perform the guitar? Go home. <laughs> uh, I love how he became Roger from Sister Sister. Go home, Corey. So yeah, uh, I'm giving I'm giving this ten. I think that this is one of my favorite episodes. Uh, the Twin Peaks one is by far my favorite episode. Dual Spires. Um, there's a lot to unpack. There's there. Sean and Gus don't have as much to do in this one as they normally do. They're not as like, there are times where they both get really emotional and it's really good. So yeah. Mm. So thank you both for being here. Um, Next time we're doing one of my favorite movies. Hey Lils. (laughs) Who's the black private eye who's a sex machine to all the chicks? Hmm. That's a good question. I mean... David? Mm, you didn't give me time to answer. Is it White Thunder Chocolate Cake? No. <laughs> oh. <laughs> it should be. <laughs> it's Blade, right? We were just talking about Blade. It's Shaft. Not... It's Shaft. It's Shaft. <laughs> okay, sorry. Sorry. So, Wills, you have a podcast. That's right. My podcast is uh, Jukebox Zeros. I do it with uh, our mutual friend, Pat Berry. We uh, review the worst or most infamous albums of all time. Uh, When's this episode coming out? Towards the end of the month. Okay. Then by that point, our next episode will probably be out, which Scott is the guest on. Hello. And we will be reviewing In a Metal Mood by Pat Boone. Pat Boone singing Deep Purple and like Black Sabbath songs to to dippy big band music. Oh, that's the best thing (laughs) I've ever heard. So... Fear. Just fear for your lives. I'm it's... here for it. <laughs> so yeah, um you can follow us on Twitter at writer bagel basket, W R T R B A G E L B S K T. Like us on Twitter on Instagram, um, Facebook, etc. Um, thank you guys for both being here. Thank you for having me. Thank you. Yes. Bye. Bye. This is Kelly Reynolds, and I'm the host of Boobies and Newbies, the podcast that asks novice romance readers to think outside the dick in a box. 
Join me for a new episode every Friday as we review romance novels with non-romance readers. From the sweet, loving, fairy tale romances of the Highlands. Who cares uh, about up against the wall by the fruit trees? <laughs> yes. Like, where's the dragon? Inside the belly of a dragon. To the naughty erotic threesomes with navy seals. Sex was a 10. I mean, you cannot get any better than this book. Come okay, on, you guys. Good. Really. We read it all. Check us out at Boobies Podcast on both Twitter and Instagram. Listen to previous episodes on any podcast streaming platform. You can also support Boobies and Newbies on Patreon.com for lots of bonus booby content and early episode releases. are bombing all over the country. They are posing as movies you already know. They may be in your theaters, your neighbor's home, or even your own. Why are you doing that voice? I don't know. (coughs) I thought it made me sound cool. It doesn't. I'm Jason Bishop, host of the Invasion of the Remake podcast with co-hosts Sam Stepanenko and Trish Coughlin. Join us each week as we rotate talking about your favorite films and their not-so-favorite remakes. We'll also dig deep to find forgotten films that we think are more worthy of remaking, complete with our own fantasy casting. You can get all 130 episodes and counting on... Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play Music, TuneIn, Radio Player FM, and all the best podcast providers, even... Frickin' YouTube. For the low, low price of absolutely nothing. Join the invasion. Subscribe today. Or we'll blow up your planet.